Are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, we're recording. Are we? Yep, we are. Can't. Oh, I see the little red down there. It says recording. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so, church, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And, I, you know, if this is the first you're hearing of this, I'm sorry to be the one who has to tell you this. But um, Ben and I, well, I'll just speak for myself. I've been reading a lot of books. And I'm reading this one book right now that's fairly helpful to me. Uh, It's called Lost Connections, Why You're Depressed and How to Find Hope by a guy named Johan Hari. Hmm. Is he Finnish? You know, I think Norwegian? I think. um, Thank you for asking. I think he's from the UK. Oh. Yeah. I think he's from the UK. Okay. Um, yeah, and basically... Seems like a Scandinavian name. It does. Yeah. This, uh, this guy uh, was diagnosed with depression in high school or college and went on antidepressants for a decade and realized that every 18 months or so, he'd have to like up his dose of these antidepressants and mm. some, some things would happen. Like he gained a lot of weight and he had some other uh, side effects or symptoms. But he started like trying to hunt down uh, like what what's really going on with depression and he links anxiety and depression together oh, because yeah. it's hard to separate them they go to they go together and he uh, his, the thesis of the book is that anxiety and depression aren't just chemical imbalances in the brain we okay. can't we can't just tinker with the chemicals in the brain and fix it uh, and mm. in fact uh, research and doctors research shows and doctors know, that most antidepressants don't work any better long-term than a placebo. Hmm. Did you know that? Uh, I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. So anyway, he says that then uh, research shows that depression and anxiety are linked to uh, disconnections from uh, things like meaningful work and uh, meaningful value and uh, the natural disconnection from the natural world, disconnection Hmm. from childhood trauma disconnection from a hopeful future. And one of the things, the chapter I'm in right now, is that um, depression, anxiety, one of the uh, contributors to it is disconnection from other people. Yeah. And Relationships. He, yeah, relationships. And he, hmm. and, uh, you know, there's other books that have been written about this. Like Bowling Alone was one that came out 10, 20 years ago. You remember that book? Yeah. I don't think I read it, but I, I remember it was kind of made a splash when it came out. Yeah, and then it was one called um, Alone Together, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's basically how technology and um, uh, r- uh, suburban planning and like our lives are basically set up to be autonomous people. Right, where we don't need other people, which means we don't af- actually need to be in relationship with them. Yes. And so we, we're not. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, he he quotes some research here. I just thought this was interesting. Um, being deeply lonely uh, was as stressful on the human body as experiencing a physical attack. Wow. So, like, uh, if you get punched in the face, your body is releasing the same chemicals as it is if you're if, if you're lonely. Mm. Isn't that crazy? It is. He says uh, isolated people get sicker more than connected people they are three times more likely to catch a cold than people who have lots of close connections to other people. 
Wow. Almost everything became more fatal when you were alone. Cancer, heart disease, respiratory problems. Um, <laughs> uh, being disconnected from people around you has the same effect on your health as being obese. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. So anyway, he's talking about this, and he's talking about how the one of the, some of the ways we try to compensate from being alone, which is um, we try to have connections on social media. And he, he, he makes an analogy that um, social media is kind of this virtual tra- trying to connect with people, but he said he, he makes it analogous as to like, like pornography is to sex. So it's this reaching oh. for, it's just reaching f- towards... Reaching for connection, but there's this simulation or, uh, of, of actual connection that doesn't actually quite yeah. do the trick. Yeah. Yes, it's a facsimile. It's a facsimile of it, you know? So anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then he just describes that humans have always been tribal creatures and have needed people. So I just, I share this to say, if you find your anxiety going up <laughs> because mm. you're physically isolated, uh, there's a reason for that. You're not crazy. Yeah. You're not, you're not broken. Mm. You're actually, yeah, you're, that's really important. You're not broken. You actually right. are working correctly, yeah. but your environment isn't unto your flourishing. Yeah. Right? If you are socially isolated and you had no increased anxiety or no increased depression, uh, something may be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is why solitary confinement is so hard for people. Yeah. It's why it's torture. It's a form of torture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm just noticing uh, that my my eight-year-old is our little extrovert. She's a people Mm. person. And she usually doesn't have any problem with mom going to work, mm-hmm. but the um, the last two days uh, Sharon has gone to work, she has just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Oh wow! Because um, she misses Sharon, mm-hmm. and uh, that's in large part due to the fact that Sharon is pulling a lot of pulling a lot of the relational weight that used to be dispersed among Cece's peers and Cece's friends, and other oh, adults see. we'd see. Yeah. And now it's sort of concentrated uh, yeah. in, in my wife, mm. right? And so yeah. she's, feeling, she's feeling the lack of relationship, and it's causing deep sadness mm. for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine there's um, that kind of... Uh, th- I mean, that's, there's uh, some, some of the folks in, in my home as well are wrestling with that, that there is a lack of for this reason and, and other reasons, like a lack of ability to spread out your relational connections across kind of many different places. And they're all kind of concentrated on just these few people uh, that we see all the time. Um, and it can kind of heighten the friction uh, in those relationships. And so, yeah. so anyway, I, yeah, maybe that, maybe that's a good word for today, just for everyone to, to know that there's grace for that. Like yeah. you, you're, like there's a reason that this is really hard. If you're, if this is a new situation, you're with your kids more than normal and, uh, and, and you're having a hard time with it. Like you're not a bad mom. You're not a bad dad. You are, um, experiencing just the loss of these other connections that, um, yes. that made those relationships a bit easier to navigate. So, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe even naming that for your children, naming that, for your spouse, naming that for yourself, like uh, mm. na- naming um, that we're not crazy, we're not wicked, we're not broken, but 
something that is needed for human flourishing has been taken away. And so, mm. of course, we're going to see repercussions in our emotions and our yeah. moodiness and our yeah. despondency. So um, not only giving yourself grace and permission to feel that, also seeing the good news on the other side, that you are created for belonging. And that one of the things this quarantine is taking away from you is all the regular rituals that you inhabit to reinforce a sense of secure belonging. Mm, yep. And if you can, if you could just give yourself, I don't know, just name that. Yeah. And also name it for your children when they're melting down and losing their minds. <laughs> name it, name it if you're, if you have a roommate or a spouse or a partner, name it for them. Yeah. That would be, uh, what a gift. Yes. That could be. Anyway, friends, be, um, be graceful and merciful to yourself and others in this season. Yeah. And know that Jesus and neuroscience back you up on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Peace be with you.